Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. AEW successful. Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long term booking. much for joining me right here on off the script and no it's not the wrong intro it's not the wrong intro i there is no wrong intro i don't know what you guys are talking about wrong intro man i play whatever fucking intro i want no wrong intro man that's not the wrong one i played the right one i played the one i wanted to play i wanted a little bit extra tonight man so you guys can absolutely go take a fucking walk thank you guys so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your Monday Night Raw post show for October 9th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. It's whatever one I want to fucking play, man. It's my fucking show. Okay. Don't tell me anything is wrong here, man. The thing that's wrong with you is the fucking chat. I may close the fucking chat down, to be quite honest with you. I ain't in the mood for any of you guys, honestly. It's not the wrong intro. We'll fix it tomorrow. Monday Night Raw, man. Monday Night Raw. Listen. Listen, man. Uh, long-term booking. Long-term booking is the way to go, man. How many times have I told you... Long-term booking is king. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. 
Triple H is cooking on Monday night. Now, with the news that some of you might might not be aware of, man, some of you, uh, get Nick out of the chat. I'm going to get Nick out of the chat. Nick, you're not even a VIP, bro. Get the fuck out of my chat. Get out of my chat. You're a, you're a fucking clown. You are a clown, Nick. <laughs> yeah, you can yell all you want. It's still the wrong one. <laughs> There's nothing wrong here, man. It's my fucking show. You want your own intro? Go start your own show, man. Triple H. Triple H is cooking tonight, man. With the news you might not have heard. The news that Triple H is now completely in charge of WWE creative. We will be doing a separate video on this topic tomorrow. But I have pretty much set you guys up for what we're going to be talking about over the last several weeks. It is clear as day what is going on here, man. It is clear as day who is booking the show. And it's not Vince McMahon. Now, Vince McMahon still may be the ultimate power in the company. But apparently Endeavor is trusting Triple H to do the job that needs to be done. And it is plain as day. Who is running the ship right now on Monday night, man? We are getting old black and gold NXT on Monday night. If this show was two hours, if this show was two hours, this would be a fucking fantastic show on Monday night. It's the only thing holding it back right now. It's the only thing holding it back. Three hours is still a little bit too long. But even then, at three hours, we're still getting a consistent show that has not really felt like the old Monday Night Raws, man. You could tell that there is a vision. You could tell that there is consistency. You can tell that there is an end goal in sight when you watch these programs develop and these stories develop on TV, man. I love it. I absolutely love it. This is... uh, This is the first time in a long time that I've actually been excited for Monday Night Raw. And for all the geeks in the internet wrestling community, like Nick, I want to see how many people say, Oh, well, uh, J.D., he he hates WWE, man. (laughs) No, I don't hate WWE. I just hate Vince McMahon. I just hate Vince McMahon. Oh, but like, Triple H was always in charge. <laughs> no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. You could tell who books what and who does what. It's very easy to tell. I think I've set you guys up to know what the differences are between Vince McMahon and Triple H. Tonight, we got Crown Jewel built. Crown Jewel, and we got Survivor Series. Survivor Series is shaping up to be War Games. I do expect next week on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw that we will have the entire War Games situation laid out because Friday, Triple H is going to be making an appearance on SmackDown, and I do think that Triple H will be announcing that Survivor Series will be War Games. That's just my honest opinion there. It's a uh, prediction 
It is a prediction that Triple H will be doing the announcement for Survivor Series and making it War Games for a second year in a row, which is a great deal. Why hasn't he announced War Games already? Well, because Vince McMahon didn't want to do War Games this year. They would have announced War Games if Triple H was in charge for the last several months, which he was not. So now that he's got some stroke of power, he's going to bring back War Games for a second year in a row. I hope you guys understand that. Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso, who apparently were drunk or stoned or both at the Fastlane press conference, the media scrum. Everybody was ranting and raving about their antics at the post-show media scrum, while Steve Fall of the, I don't know what publication he's with, whoever he's with is a fucking disgrace, asked about Taylor Swift, and Triple H kind of buried him. We got... Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Tag team titles on the line. And this was a very good main event tonight, which had implications for war games. What you saw tonight in the main event are the four baby faces that will be teaming together. The handshake and the hug from Kevin Owens to Jay Uso is going to lead to all four men teaming up. In war games against Judgment Day at Survivor Series. That's the, that's the men's war games match that is going to be taking place. And I like it. I like it a lot. A lot of people were like, well, why does this match make sense? It, it, it does make sense 100%. You know, two babyface teams. I know the crowd was a little torn on who to cheer for, being that all four guys are babyfaces. But it made sense in the story because Kevin Owens needed something to happen to where he can trust Jay Uso. And he earned his respect at the end of the night. Now they can focus on taking on Judgment Day. And now they can focus on vanquishing Judgment Day once and for all inside War Games. It's very simple. It is very simple. I don't know how anybody doesn't understand that. Honestly. I thought tonight what they did in the main event was very good for a Monday Night Raw main event. I was looking forward to taking this match and really dissecting it. I said it at Fastlane that one of the stories coming out of them winning the tag team championships from the Judgment Day at Fastlane, Cody and Jay, was how that was going to transpire to Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So that's exactly what we got. Triple H didn't really waste any time telling that story on Monday night, and we got that in the main event, and that is now squared away because we're going to need that squared away before we get to War Games. So I like that for sure. So that was a very good main event tonight in the closing segments of Monday Night Raw for the Tag Team Championships. A lot of people were wondering why Shinsuke Nakamura didn't win the WWE World Heavyweight Championship at Fastlane. I don't know what the fuck you guys were expecting, man. Nakamura was basically a buffer between now and WrestleMania. They needed a heel so that Rollins could really get those wheels moving before he moves on to something a little bit more important going into WrestleMania season. We'll be there before you know it. So we beat Nakamura twice. Triple H is going to try his damnedest on reheating Nakamura up as he now is embarking on a feud with Ricochet, which I don't hate, but we've seen it a thousand fucking times before. But Seth Rollins, he's got a new challenge ahead of him, and that challenge is Drew McIntyre. 
I like it. I like it. The little subtleties in McIntyre's heel turn, the little, you know, turning his back after he basically said he wanted Rollins 100% healthy, only to walk away as Damian Priest was beating the shit out of him in the beginning of Monday Night Raw. I like it, man. Drew McIntyre is a low-key prick. And you got to appreciate that level of prick in Drew McIntyre, man. It's all coming together. And I like it. I like it a lot. And I think that could be a very good match. Now, I don't think Drew's going to win the championship, but I think that could be another great buffer for Seth Rollins and the World Heavyweight Championship because right now he is certainly feeling like a secondary champion on his own brand, and he's the world champion. Gunther is the champion of champions on Monday night, and Seth Rollins right now is looking at a third-place title with the World Heavyweight Championship. Not good. Not good. But I do think that feud with Rollins and McIntyre is really going to take the World Championship to, I don't want to say the next level, but it's going to be better than whatever we got with Nakamura for sure because Drew McIntyre is just a completely different performer compared to Shinsuke Nakamura, and he's much more, uh, I would say, TV-friendly if you want to build a feud with. I think they thought, listen, I, I thought they did a great job with Nakamura, but... He's not Drew McIntyre. I think that's going to be a great feud for both, but I don't expect Drew McIntyre to win the World Heavyweight Championship. Speaking of Gunther, he's got a new opponent lined up for him next week in the form of Big Bronson Reed. Absolutely, man. I love it. I think this match is going to be fucking great. Now, I know a lot of people are looking at this match and thinking, well, Bronson Reed's not going to win, so they're positioning him to lose How is that going to be good for Bronson Reed? I don't give a shit what they do in that match. I'm here for it, and I don't really give a shit what you think. Bronson Reed's going to be put over even in defeat because the match is going to be an absolute fucking banger, and you know those guys are going to go out there and kill it. Chad Gable's not ready yet. Ricochet is not there. He's been there, done, done that. There's nobody else really in that hunt for the IC title but Gable. But right now, Bronson Reed is going to be a nice buffer for Gunther as he beats him and then moves on to Chad Gable. Chad Gable is still going to get his, and it's going to happen when the time is right. That may be Survivor Series. We'll see what happens. But I thought Monday Night Raw tonight was an excellent show. Stories are being built. You see a lot of the cast of characters that we have not seen on television now making their way to television. Tegan Knox, DIY, Candice LeRae, Casey Cottonzaro, Caden Carter. A lot of different people are on TV now. Indy Hartwell. A lot of different people are on TV now where they were not on TV. And there's a reason for that. And that is a good reason. We even saw Zia Lee tonight challenge Becky Lynch. For the NXT Women's Championship. I mean, tell me that Vince McMahon's not in charge without telling me Vince McMahon is not in charge. Zia Lee. When was the last time she got fucking screen time on TV? Nobody even remembers. How many matches has she wrestled on the main roster since being called up? I could probably count on one fucking hand. Monday Night Raw is feeling different. Monday Night Raw is the best WWE weekly program Right now, out of NXT and SmackDown, they're doing a great job at telling stories. They're doing a great job of making the show feel different. Triple H is doing the best that he can to not 
make the show feel like it was the week before, man. We're getting fresh matchups. We're getting new people, new faces on TV. How can you not appreciate that? I wish the crowd was a little bit better tonight, but not every crowd could be, uh, you know, a, a New York crowd or a Chicago crowd. But I thought Monday Night Raw did an excellent job tonight, and they have been doing an excellent job at building the show to make it feel a lot better than it did. And we're going to get into everything that happened tonight. I want to thank you guys very much for joining me here on the podcast for this Monday night. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below, man. Turn on that bell for notifications. We are 700 subscribers away from 150,000 subscribers. Am I using a new mic? Why? Does it sound like shit? I like to switch my microphones from time to time. Yes, I'm using the new Rode Pod mic. The new black one that just came out this year. Hopefully it doesn't sound like shit, man. I like to switch. I got the Shure SM7B. I got the Rode Procaster. I got the RE20. I got the Earthworks Ethos. I got this. I like to switch it up. Do you mind? Give the shows a different feel every now and then, huh? Hopefully it doesn't sound like shit. Anyway. Hit that subscribe button, man. We're 700 away from 150,000 subscribers. Thank you guys very much. I want to thank you guys for checking out the second channel, man. I know uh, what I do over there is not everybody's cup of coffee, but uh, we gained over 100 subscribers today on the new channel or the second channel, man. I'm glad you guys are enjoying my, uh, my Pokemon fetish. Over there, we're opening packs, we're having fun, we're pulling big cards, we're chasing big cards, we're filling out binders, man, this is my new thing, man, I feel like an old man, I feel like uh, I'm going through a midlife crisis over here. But listen, I enjoyed it, it relaxes me. Go check it out, link is in the description, man, if you like that type of shit, we got more content coming this week, man, I got a bunch of videos backlogged, that's going up this week. Go check out all the other videos tonight, man. As soon as you're done with this, there's plenty of content. There'll be more content tomorrow. We're going to talk about Vince McMahon and Triple H. 100% in control of WWE Creative. What second channel? It's linked in the description. Open your ears. Go check it out. All the other videos, too, man, on the homepage. There's plenty of it. More content coming this week. Programming note. I will not be here for Friday Night SmackDown. I will not be here this weekend, and I will be missing Monday Night Raw next week. You're not going to be with me, uh, or you're not going to have me for uh, a couple of streams, man. We're going to be missing uh, Friday, Saturday, and Monday. Why? Don't worry about it, man. I got to take care of some personal shit, okay? Plus, I could use a rest. Tonight's show sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go get your free sample of Blue Chew. 
Always a great friend and a great sponsor of the show right here on Off the Scripts. Taking time off, man. He's not allowed time off. Oh, yeah? Go watch somebody less uh, exciting. Go watch somebody a little bit more boring, man. You'll appreciate me when I come back. Monday Night Raw. Let's start at the top, man. Let's get into the show. I thought it was a great show. Seth Rollins walks down the aisle and uh, he wrestled Shinsuke Nakamura. At Fastlane, which I thought was a decent match towards the end. Crowd was kind of quiet for it, but uh, we got Shinsuke Nakamura losing two pay-per-views in a row for the World Heavyweight Championship. So Seth Rollins comes out, and he said Shinsuke Nakamura took him to the limit. He did, but he lost. And his tone suggested he was going to retire due to his back issue. So he laughed and said, ha, 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 I'm just getting started. He said he hoped they would get through one Monday night without him having to fight for his life out there. He says they can still sing and dance and drink some cold ones. And then he was interrupted by Drew McIntyre. My ears perked up. I'm like, here we go. Business is about to pick up. Drew entered the ring, and Seth says, let me guess, you're not here to party and drink some cold ones, huh? So he said Drew probably wanted a title match. That's why he was out here. Seth said he just wanted a night to celebrate. Yes, McIntyre shook his head. Yes, I won a championship match. He's a fighting champion, so he'll go get ready for a fight. Drew says they can still celebrate tonight, even if he declares he wants a world title match. But he said someone probably will jump him. He says he wants Seth as close to 100% as possible. And then he said, I think we should do this at Crown Jewel. Seth asked if he's really not out there to jump him and really wants him at 100%. Seth says he's not used to his challengers challengers conducting business in this professional way. Seth said Drew doesn't have to leave. He said the party is just getting started. He says he was once in a band, so he knows how to party. Nobody wants to talk about that band, and nobody wants to go back to Drew McIntyre being in that band. Nobody. Awful. Drew says uh, he has business to take care of, but if anyone sees him in Omaha... After the show, yeehaw, I'm going to go drink in Omaha with Drew McIntyre. <laughs> what is there to do in Omaha? What is there to drink in Omaha? Milk? They're going to go uh, milk a cow? It's not cold. Give me a break. Seriously, what? what is there? What is there? Omaha, I could see Omaha being... A decent whiskey city. Maybe. I don't know. I've never been to Omaha. You won't catch me fucking dead in Omaha, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Omaha. Who's going to Omaha? So if you see him after the show in Omaha, buy him a pint and a shot. Sure thing. Seth said, suit yourself. 
He then got the fans to sing his song again. Omaha Steaks, yes. Yes, I don't need to go to Omaha for a good steak, though. All of a sudden, Damian Priest attacks Seth Rollins from behind, and my ears perked up again. I'm like, uh-oh, are we getting a cash-in here on Monday Night Raw, man? Is Papa H going to start Monday Night Raw off after Fastlane with a bang and a new championship? So Drew's walking away. Damian Priest is attacking Rollins in the ring. Clearly, he wants a cash-in. That's why he conducted this attack. And Drew McIntyre is watching this, and he turns his back on Seth Rollins, and he walks away. He walks away. The man was literally just in the ring, and he wants Seth Rollins at 100%. He just literally told Seth Rollins he wants him at 100%, walks away and doesn't do anything to help him while Damian Priest is attacking him and beating the shit out of him in the ring. So he's walking away. I love it. Drew McIntyre is a nasty, nasty prick. Gotta love it. So he's walking away, and Dominic Mysterio comes running out with the money in the bank briefcase. Drew McIntyre is still walking up the aisleway. He puts his arm out, and he stops Dominic from advancing to the ring. Dominic is like, well, we're going to cash this in. We're going to cash this in. And Drew McIntyre says, no. He headbutts Dominic Mysterio. He takes the fucking briefcase and throws it up in the air so fucking high that I thought a wide receiver was going to set to catch it. It hit the Titantron. It fell down to the ground on the stage. It opened up. And McIntyre thwarted a money in the bank cash in here. Now, I got a very serious question. I got a very serious question. One that would serve to be a large, a large logic gap. Why wasn't Damian Priest in possession of the briefcase when that is his property? Dominic Mysterio was holding the briefcase as if Dominic Mysterio was set to cash in the fucking briefcase and win the world championship. Why wasn't Damian Priest out there with the briefcase? So I posed this question on social media, calling out how stupid it looks, and then I get the geeks online who don't think I watched Fastlane and don't think I know what happened at Fastlane with Damian Priest's leg and Rhea Ripley. I got the geeks online. Well, Rhea Ripley... She took, she took the briefcase from Damian Priest. Okay. And what's your point? What's your point? She took the briefcase last night during Fastlane. This is Monday Night Raw now. You mean to tell me that Damian Priest didn't get his briefcase back after the show was over? Rhea Ripley took it and left with it? They didn't travel together? This is how stupid people are, man. Oh, but Rhea Ripley took the briefcase. That's Damian Priest's briefcase. You mean to tell me that when the show was over, she didn't give it back to him? My God! 
makes Rhea in charge of the fucking briefcase? It's priests. She didn't want him to defend or she didn't want him to cash in last night because of the knee. Fine. But that was fast lane. This is raw. You would think that he got a good night's sleep and thought over a plan and devised this plan. And tonight he attacks Seth Rollins. He wanted to cash in, but the briefcase is on fucking Dominic Mysterio in the goddamn locker room. I don't know how this made it past quality control, man, but I think all the geeks online who wanted to complain, oh, well, Rhea Ripley took it from Breeze. Did you watch Fastlane? Yeah, I watched Fastlane. Clearly, you're a fucking idiot who can't think logically and has no sense of common sense. I don't like logic gaps like that, man. It makes the show fucking stupid. It tells the fans that they're fucking stupid when I ask questions like that, which is logical and human. Then you get a reply like I got. Several replies like I got on Twitter. Dumb. Absolutely dumb. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal, but I'm just calling out the stupidity of it. That's all. And I like to make people look stupid. I live for it. So that was basically it. That was basically it. Rollins, he did fight back and Priest and Dom sat at ringside frustrated with this now lost opportunity. It wouldn't be a lost opportunity if fucking Priest came out with the goddamn briefcase. Clearly, there was a plan for him to cash in because Dominic ran out with it. If there was a plan for him to cash out or cash in the briefcase, why didn't he run out with it? Kofi Kingston and Ivar. And Ivar may be my new favorite wrestler on Monday night, man. How beastly is Ivar? Ivar is doing it big on Monday night, man. There is a rumor going around, I don't know who reported it, that Ivar is going to get a singles push on Monday Night Raw. It is not difficult to see why. It is not difficult to see why. I think that would be fantastic. I wonder how badly injured Eric is. Because the Viking Raiders are going to be so much better off when Eric comes back because of what Ivar has been doing on Raw. This feud with the New Day has kicked ass, man. Love it. Just two tag teams just battling it out on Monday night, man. What more do you want? Ivar versus Kofi. Ivar versus Xavier, man. Imagine if Big E was ready to go. We'd be getting Ivar versus Big E. Viking rules match. We've had a handful of Viking Rules matches, and every one of them have been fucking great. I love them. I think they're great. They're nothing more than a false count anywhere match, but, you know, it's disguised with the theme of Vikings. There's shields and whatever uh, Viking paraphernalia that is around ringside. There's shields on one apron. There's uh, a line of shields on the other apron. Some great stuff. Normally... Normally, if WWE wants to get adventurous, the front end of the boat is usually kind of attached to the ring. We didn't get that here. I was kind of disappointed. That was a staple in the last two Vikings rules matches, man. And we didn't get that tonight. I guess uh, the budget didn't call for the ass end of the boat to be attached to the ring tonight, man. Might have been uh, overkill for Papa H tonight in Omaha. 
Imagine bringing Vikings in a fucking tail end of the boat to attach to the ring, man. You got the ring looking like a Viking ship out in Omaha, man. They wouldn't know what the fuck is going on. All they'll be worrying about is how they're gonna how they're gonna milk the cows and count the eggs that the chickens hatch. <laughs> the fuck do they know about Vikings in Omaha? Anyway, this was a great match, man. This was a great match. We got Ivar kicking Kofi right at the bell. And they went right at it, man. Brutal stuff here. There was a nice spot in this match, which I'll get to, man. Absolutely brutal by Kofi Kingston on Ivar. So Kingston, he is out there in kind of relaxing gear, man, like basketball shorts and like a, a, a hoodie, a light hoodie like mine. He's out there wrestling. And he used the flagpole to bring Ivar down with a Russian leg sweep off the ropes. Kingston goes for his typical SOS. Ivar hit a spinning slam for a two, then a sit-out powerbomb for a two. Ivar's on the top rope. Kingston yanked him. This is the spot I'm talking about, man. He's on the top rope, right? They're on the apron. Kofi's on the apron. Ivar's up top. He grabs Ivar by his long beard. And he tosses him off the top rope by his beard through a table down below on the outside, man. Absolutely ridiculous spot. Table shattered with the weight of Ivar. So all of a sudden, Valhalla ran through and she starts beating up on Kofi Kingston. She leapt on Kofi. Xavier Woods runs out from the back. I don't know why Xavier wasn't out there. Who the fuck was Xavier Woods? Valhalla's out there in Ivar's corner, but Xavier Woods, I guess he was playing his Nintendo Switch or something, man. Yo, listen, uh, Kofi, give me a second, man. I got to get to this safe point. I'll be out as soon as I can, bro. Where the fuck was he? Starts running out there. He couldn't hit her because she's a woman. Woods ducked the charge. She went over the timekeeper's barricade. Ivar then squashes Woods like a bug with a running cross-body block into the barricade. Kingston tried for trouble in paradise, but Ivar caught him and gave him a power slam through a corner table. He rolled over on his back. Ivar goes up top. Big moonsault for the one, two, three. I wish I could have seen more, honestly. But we got a last man standing match last night with Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura. I guess they didn't want to do uh, too much here, man. They didn't want to go overkill. But Ivar continues to be impressive. Ivar continues his string of singles wins. And his run right now, man, one of my favorite things about Monday Night Raw, it's on the minor scale of things to some people. But to me, this run has been tremendous because nobody expected it. Nobody expected it. This is a prime example of giving people that normally under Vince McMahon would have never been given an opportunity. And he's killing it because he was given a fucking chance to go out there and wrestle. Imagine that. Giving someone like Ivar a fucking opportunity to get over. And now look at him. You got somebody that nobody expected as a singles guy that could be somebody that wrestles for an intercontinental title at one point. Imagine that. 
You know, gone are the days. I, I don't really get it. You know, all because Eric is on the shelf doesn't mean Ivar's got to sit on the shelf either. Ivar didn't get hurt. Eric did. If this was Vince McMahon, Ivar would have been taken off TV and we, we, we wouldn't have seen him for weeks, months. Not Triple H. He's like, I got a big guy here that could be doing fucking moonsaults off the top rope, 300 fucking pounds, giving me bangers with Kofi Kingston. We're putting him on TV. Fuck it. Great. Excellent stuff, man. Very, very impressed by Ivar. He beats Kofi in 12 minutes. Viking rules. Kicked ass. Byron Saxton. He asked Shinsuke Nakamura to comment on his performance at Fastlane. Nakamura didn't answer. He didn't answer because Ricochet ran in and jumped Nakamura, attacking him. And they had to be broken up, or they had to be broken up by officials and backstage crew. So this is the next feud for Shinsuke Nakamura. Ricochet charged in, attacked Nakamura, called him a son of a bitch. Officials held Ricochet back, and Nakamura ran away. They got to do something to heat him up. Again, Ricochet looks like he's going to be the recipient of a Shinsuke Nakamura loss. Or win, I should say. He's going to be on the receiving end of a loss. Nakamura is going to be on the receiving end of a win. Raquel Rodriguez. She made her way down to the ring, and I don't know why she's still smiling, man. <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez Gonzalez. The fuck are you smiling about? What are you smiling about? You're in the ring with Nia Jax. There's nothing to smile about here. Never seen someone so smiley, man. Meanwhile, everything around them is nothing to smile about. Your tag team partner is out. You don't got the women's championship. You lost to Rhea. Now, now Naya is trying to get your championship spot to take the title off of uh, off of Rhea, which should be Raquel's. That that's what Raquel should be focused on. Meanwhile, she's. <laughs> Out there smiling. The fuck are we smiling about? She makes her way out there. She goes one-on-one with the irresistible. I don't know what's so irresistible. Nia Jax against Raquel Rodriguez. What happened here? Did anybody watch this match with eyes wide open, man? I, I don't know. I, I got notes here. I Was it good? Can anyone tell me if it was good, man? Did, 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 did we watch a, a Nia banger here tonight? Probably not. Jax went up for the middle rope. She went for her annihilator. Rodriguez slipped under and hit a powerbomb, which is the only thing that popped the crowd here because Naya is a large woman and Raquel is a strong woman, and the fans like to see a strong woman pick up a large woman and use her strength to get over. It's basically what popped the crowd here, and that was it. Rhea Ripley ran down and threw Rodriguez out of the ring, and we got a disqualification. Ripley was there for Jax and attacked her as the crowd cheered. Rodriguez went after Rhea Ripley, but Rhea Ripley dropped her with a headbutt. All of a sudden, Shayna Baszler ran out, and we got Shayna Baszler out there, and she's going at it 
face-to-face with Rhea Ripley. They argued. Baszler and Rhea Ripley argue. Baszler gave Ripley a back suplex and a running knee. Nia Jax retreated up the aisleway and watched everything that happened from afar. And that was basically it. Looks like we're getting a four-way at Crown Jewel. Because the more women on the show, WWE makes that much more of a difference in Saudi Arabia, man. But by, by the time we get there, we're going to get a, mi- a mix or a mishmash of matches. We're going to get Rhea versus Shayna next week. Then we'll get Raquel versus Shayna. And then we'll get Rhea versus Nia. None of this is interesting to me. If you can't figure that out by now. None of this is interesting to me. And, and I don't know how it's interesting to anybody, really. Rhea Ripley seriously needs some opponents. It's not Raquel. She's nowhere near ready. It's not Nia. Boring. And it's not Shayna. But in the Shayna Baszler narrative, WWE is pushing Shayna Baszler as a single. This tag team bullshit that she was doing with Zoe Stark, who hasn't been on TV, don't know why, don't know where she is. You would think that Triple H and Shawn Michaels love Zoe Stark. Maybe she's hurt. I don't know. Maybe she finds her way back to TV soon. But you can see with Triple H running the ship, how his influence is now spread to Shayna Baszler kind of being moved away from the Zoe Stark pairing, which was obviously a Vince McMahon idea. Oh, these two women have no charisma. Let's pair them up. I got no idea what to do with them. Let's pair these two women up. And now she's going on a singles run, and you start to see that old NXT black and gold Shayna Baszler come on out. And that's something that I'm interested in seeing because if you guys remember, who did Rhea Ripley win her first NXT Women's Championship from? It was Shayna Baszler. Several years ago, it was like the last NXT show of the entire year that year. So they do have a history, and I do like that. And Triple H knows that because he booked it. This is great stuff. It's not really great stuff, but I like the history. I like the showdown between two women that do have history. Raquel and Nia, I could do without. But it looks like we're setting it up for a fatal four-way at Crown Jewel because that's what WWE does, man. That's their narrative. The more women on the show, the bigger difference they feel like they make in Saudi Arabia. Seth Rollins approached Drew McIntyre backstage and called him out for not saving him from the attack, but decided to stop a cash-in attempt. I'm glad that Rollins called that out because it was very apparent on what Drew McIntyre was doing, man. He wants to pretend to be a nice guy, but in reality, he's a prick. Drew said, and I like this, this was a well-thought-out segment. Now, Drew clearly... He says he wants Rollins at 100%, but we all know that he doesn't because he wants to be the world champion. Everybody has done Drew wrong, and Drew is going to do what's best for Drew. There's nobody that should believe Drew McIntyre wants Rollins at 100%, man. The old Drew McIntyre wants Rollins at 100%, not this new Drew. Drew said, the reason why I stopped the cash-in tonight against you is because it affects the entire locker room. He says if it doesn't affect his business, he doesn't get involved. Judgment Day. He went on to say, if Judgment Day cashed in on you and Damian Priest won the world championship, Judgment Day is already the hottest act and the most powerful act on the show. 
You want the bloodline all over again? Look at what they did for the last, I don't know, three years with you know who was champion. I do not want that to happen on my watch, on my show with the Judgment Day. I love it. It's great. Logical reasoning. Why Drew McIntyre did what he did. He's a prick. He doesn't want Rollins at 100%. He wants to pretend like he's a good guy, but then he stopped the cash in thinking that Rollins is going to look at it like, oh yeah, he did really help me. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Drew only wants the title for himself. He wants to be the one to take the title off of an injured Rollins. Great shit. Great shit. Now, right now, it's a slow burn. McIntyre, to this casual audience, is still a babyface, but you see the heel turn working, and the wheels are in motion. This is one of my favorite things about the show. When he turns heel completely, it's going to be great. Jackie Redmond. She was backstage with Shayna Baszler and asked Shayna for a comment on everything that's going on with her and the other women. Baszler said she's the baddest wrestler among them and nobody gets away with sneak attacking her. She's going to get pushed because Triple H is a big fan of Shayna Baszler. We go into hour two and we'll get into the Michael Cole, Cody Rhodes, and Jay Uso segment of the show. I want to thank you guys very much for joining me, man. We are up to 2,300 people tonight on Monday night. Thank you for being here and spending your Monday night with me. Make sure to hit that thumbs up, man. We got 645 likes on the stream. I would really appreciate it. If you guys have not done so, please hit that thumbs up. Let's try for 1,000 likes tonight on the Monday Night Raw post show. And the Super Chats are open. Get them on in. Let me know what you thought of Monday Night Raw. The Super Chats are yours. Ask away. And we'll happen to sit down with our cold beverage at the end of the show for last call. Michael Cole. He was in the middle of the ring with Jay Uso. Jay Uso makes his full entrance. Michael Cole then introduced Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes made his full entrance. Whoa! Cody got to do two woes. It's no longer one woe, man. He's now dragging it out to two woes. So... Michael Cole said he got goosebumps watching them win the world championship on Saturday night. He said, Cody brought Jay to Raw less than two months ago, and now they are the tag team champions. He asked where this massive responsibility of defending the titles all around the world in front of the greatest fans on the planet leaves his original plan to finish the story. He says he's seen the documentary on Cody Rhodes and they've talked candidly, personally about it. He asked if he's content with defending the titles, the tag team titles. He asked if he perhaps doesn't want another shot at the undisputed title because he failed the first time, and he's nervous about coming up short again and letting everyone down again. Cody said, well, Michael, you, you made a good point about how proud he is that he and Jay won the tag team titles. Cole said, that's great, but I need an answer to my question. You got to love when Michael Cole gets very pushy, man. Michael Cole asking the tough questions out here. He says he's had an incredible year so far and came so close to winning the WWE 
undisputed universal championship. He said it was like his dad coming close. Is that going to be your story? Cody looked at Michael Cole and pondered the question, and all of a sudden, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens walk out. They come out to Sami Zayn's old WWE theme, the boring one, the one that has no life, the one that is very generic, done by Def Rebel. I don't know if this was a rib on Sami Zayn. I don't know if somebody fell asleep at the wheel in the production truck. I don't know, man. They played Sami Zayn's old theme. They didn't play his good one, his NXT one. He came out to his heel music. That's what it was, his heel music. Maybe they're trying to tell us something without telling us something, man. Maybe it's a foreshadowing that Sammy's going heel, or Sammy and KO are going heel. Sammy then brought up the fact that they, they played his wrong song. Well, I haven't heard that song in a while. That's all right, though. He says he has a story to talk about said him and KO ended the longest reigning tag team champions at WrestleMania. Said Cody and Jay beat Judgment Day for those titles. So that is the story they're talking about right now. He says he came out there to sincerely congratulate them for their win. He looked at Jay and says they've been through a lot, and he's happy they have won those championships. He said he really means it. But it also gets complicated and messy because he has mixed emotions. He said he can't help but feel it should be them holding the tag team titles. Owen says he doesn't have mixed emotions about it. I'm just not happy that they have those titles. I'm going to call it like I see it. That's why we all love Kevin Owens. He says he doesn't care how hard they work to win them. He wants the tag team titles back. He said he'd love to challenge them to a title match tonight. Owens said he knows they won't agree to it because Jay can't handle the thought of losing those belts again to us twice. So Kevin Owens with some mind games that riled up Jay Uso, which then prompted Cody to say, you know what? Listen, we're all friends here, and you're wrong, KO, because we do accept. We do accept. KO left the ring satisfied, and Cody says they can do it tonight, and they all shook hands on it. Tag team title match, official. Two babyface teams, official for the tag team titles in the main event of Monday Night Raw. I like the fact that Michael Cole brought up the fact that Cody won the tag team championships. What does this mean about you finishing your story? They brought it up because now it is not only a reason that we're going to see Cody kind of cross paths with Roman Reigns and Jay cross paths with his brother on SmackDown. This is going to be their meal ticket to getting over to SmackDown. Now, on a normal week, they don't need the tag team championships to go to SmackDown because WWE swaps talents from show to show at any given moment. They break their own fucking rules every single week. They didn't need the tag team titles, but at least in story, now they can officially go to SmackDown and cross paths with Roman and cross paths with Jimmy, and finish the story there, and get them over there to tell the remainder of the story going into WrestleMania. So at least that makes sense. But I like the fact that they brought up that Cody still needs to finish his story, and that it should not stop because he finally won championship gold in WWE with Jey Uso. There are still little aspects of the story that are outside of the finish the story narrative of Cody. 
Is everybody going to start trusting Jey Uso? Can Jey Uso be trusted? I don't know. Does Cody truly trust Jey Uso himself? We know KO doesn't. Sammy trusts Jey. Sammy loves Jey. But Sammy also wants to take team titles back. So Judgment Day is probably in the back. Hey, we're feuding with all four of these guys. You know, let them go kill each other. It'll be easy pickings for us to win the tag team titles back. That was also another aspect of the story. Then you got Cody and Jay tag team titles going over to SmackDown. How's Roman going to look at that? What's going to happen with Jimmy? Is Jay setting up Cody to join the bloodline again so that they eradicate Cody and make it easier for Roman? There's a ton of different things that I'm thinking about here. But I like the fact that they brought it up because a lot of people started asking the question. They started poking fun at it. Ah, I think Cody finished his story. He just won the tag team titles. That's the only story people care about. That's the only story people want to really invest in. That's Cody finishing his story. I just hope that they know how to get there. Because it does still seem like they're biding their time. Right now, it's all about war games. Let's get through war games and see how Cody starts the wheels in motion to finish his story. Bronson Reed. He interrupted Chad Gable. He was getting psyched up for his match by having Otis chop him in the chest. Bronson Reed says he's getting nowhere near the Intercontinental title as long as he's around because he beat both of them. He told Gable to tell his daughter not to watch tonight because it'll be another heartbreaking loss. He walked away, and Otis told him to hit him again. Gable uh, then yelled, thank you. Loving the Chad Gable singles run on Monday Night Raw. It's great stuff. He's going to make a great champion when the time is right. My iPad is malfunctioning, man. I don't know what's going on. As soon as I get to my, uh, my notes here, we'll get into the triple threat match with Bronson Reed, Ricochet, and Chad Gable. Number one contendership for the Intercontinental Championship. Now, you would think that Bronson Reed would get a title shot because he's been winning matches. He's been winning matches frequently. You would think that he's already the number one contender, but Triple H put him in a number one contendership tonight against Ricochet and Chad Gable. They want to start building the story of Chad Gable, you know, losing matches and then getting back in there and fighting his way back to Gunther in hopes of winning the IC title. Now, we got Crown Jewel coming up. I don't know where they go with Gunther at Crown Jewel. Maybe he doesn't go to Crown Jewel this time. I don't know. But Bronson Reed is somebody that I'd like to see get a fair shot at Gunther and the IC title. I thought that if Bronson Reed was going to challenge Gunther for the IC title, that it would absolutely take place at Crown Jewel. WWE has opted to do Bronson Reed, who won this match. I'll get into a second. I'll get into a second how he won this match. Bronson Reed, I thought that they would do it at Crown Jewel, but in fact, they're doing it next week. They're doing it on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw, Gunther versus Bronson Reed for the Intercontinental title. Now, what, what, what is a season premiere? WWE doesn't have any off-seasons. It's only something to really give them a themed show. I think WWE has a themed show next week on NXT. So they want to have two themed shows going into next week alongside NXT. Don't know. Maybe. WWE doesn't have an off-season. They don't air reruns. 
So normally this is the lingo when the new fall schedule and the new fall season premieres, the new fall shows hit the networks, and WWE thinks that they got to get in on that, and more people are going to be interested if they hype something up behind season premiere. Should be a good show, but it's not a season premiere. Bronson Reed beat Ricochet and Chad Gable. Gable suplexed Ricochet onto Reed on the outside of the ring, which looked pretty cool. After a small commercial break, Bronson Reed hoisted both men up and dropped them with a Samoan drop. Ricochet gave Gable a springboard crossbody and standing, shooting star press for two. Ricochet then superkicked Reed, and Gable gave Reed a very... Very nice-looking German suplex. Gable put Ricochet in an ankle lock, but Ricochet slipped out, hit a jumping knee strike. Gable tried to release German off the top, but Ricochet landed on his feet. Looked like he might have tweaked his knee a little bit. I think it was just him selling. Ricochet landed awkwardly on the knee. Gable hit Chaos Theory on Ricochet. Reed grabbed Ricochet, dropped him on Gable. Reed hit both men with a senton. Ricochet rolls over to the corner. That's not where you want to be with Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed quickly climbed the top rope and gave Ricochet a tsunami splash off the top rope. One, two, three. And Bronson Reed is now the new number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship, which will take place next week on Monday Night Raw. I like this match. Like I said, I wish it was taking place at Crown Jewel because it would give uh, both guys a little bit more time in the ring to tell their story. I'm assuming Triple H is going to give these guys a couple of minutes next week as well to tell their story, but not as long as a PLE. Now, I know a lot of people are already probably asking themselves, well, what sense does this match make if Gunther's not going to lose the title to Bronson Reed and Bronson Reed's going to go in there after looking so dominant over the last couple of weeks, few weeks, to ultimately lose to Gunther? I don't really find this to be a problem. I don't. This is not the type of problem that I want you guys to be worried about. If I was worried about it, I would say so. If there was something to worry about, I'd call it out. Honestly. The reason why I'm not upset about this is because Bronson Reed going into next week, he's going to bring Gunther the fight of his life. And Gunther is going to make Bronson Reed look so fucking good in defeat that Bronson Reed, at the end of the match, though he will lose, he will still look like he gave Gunther a fucking shot at losing the championship. Bronson Reed may be the one guy that brings Gunther to the closest he's ever been to losing that championship. And as far as I'm concerned, if that does happen, then Bronson Reed did his job and Bronson Reed is going to look stronger in defeat. It's a very simple thing. Very, very simple. I'm looking forward to the match and I think it's going to be a banger. Jackie Redman, she interviewed Becky Lynch backstage. Becky admitted that she's not 100%, and she had 11 stitches in her arm. That injury was fucking nasty, the one that she suffered in that uh, False Count Anywhere match with Tiffany Stratton. She said, when you are a fighting champion and you were doing it right, you were never 100%. She plugged her new book before saying she would give Tegan Knox everything she's got. Her new book is not coming out to next t- till next year, 
Uh, I don't really care about Becky's book, but uh, if you guys are interested in that, I'm sure you could pre-order it. By the time it does come out, you get your copy. All of a sudden, Zia Lee walked in and asked Becky Lynch, why isn't she getting a title shot, and where's Zia Lee's title shot? Becky looked at Zia Lee and said, honey, I am not that difficult to find. If you want a title shot, you got it. So all of a sudden, we got Zia Lee wanting a title shot. Man, Becky's going to be giving title shots to everybody. Man, Becky's going to be trying to get everybody over and to a point where they look good on TV because they've had no TV thanks to the old man. When was the last time we legitimately saw Zia Lee in anything on these shows? Now she's challenging Becky Lynch for the NXT women's title? Hey, at least she's getting TV time, right? She could have ended up being one of the releases a couple of weeks ago. She somehow survived that. Drew McIntyre. He went one-on-one with J.D. McDonough. Now, the reason why this match happened is because earlier in the night, Damian Priest was very upset about J.D. McDonough kind of costing them the tag team titles last night. He doesn't want anything to do with J.D. McDonough. Rhea Ripley says, don't worry about him. Worry about the tag team title match. I got you guys a tag team title rematch next week against the winner of Cody and Jay versus Sammy and KO. So he kind of calmed down a little bit and let Rhea handle the rest of the business. Rhea then looked at J.D. McDonough and got angry. Instead of Damian Priest, she pointed her finger at J.D. McDonough and said, listen to me. You motherfucker. You are going to need to prove yourself tonight to us after what happened at Fastlane. You're going to be the one to take out Drew McIntyre one-on-one tonight. Go prove yourself against Drew McIntyre tonight. So that's how this match came about. This match went four minutes. Normally, on any given night, I'd like to see these guys go 10, 15 minutes, man. If there was anything behind this, these two guys could put on a fucking banger. A banger. But clearly, J.D. McDonough was going to be on the receiving end of an L here because McIntyre is the new challenger for Seth Rollins, and he's not going to be losing matches at all. McIntyre no-sold a couple of J.D. McDonough's chops, launched him in the air with a big back body drop, Dominic was out there, which allowed a distraction, which then gave McDonough an opening to chop block McIntyre a couple of times. McDonough distracted the referee, so Dom took McIntyre and posted him on the steel post. Dom tried to interfere again, so McIntyre shoved him into the announce table. McIntyre gave McDonough a future shock DDT and a Claymore for the one, two, three. Four minutes. J.D. McDonough did not prove himself, even with Dominic Mysterio on the outside trying to aid him to a victory. Nobody wants to be J.D. McDonough at this point, and it looks like J.D. McDonough is not doing what he needs to do for the Judgment Day. You know what he's going to do what he needs to do? At War Games. That's what he's going to do. He's going to be what Sami Zayn was in War Games last year for Judgment Day this year. Should be a nice little story Inside the War Games match. Priest was shown in the back after the match was over. He was displeased that J.D. McDonough, the fake J.D., by the way. Just want to make sure you guys know, the fake J.D. He was displeased. He was unhappy that McDonough lost the match. 
Wade Barrett. He sat down backstage and interviewed Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano. How do we know Triple H is back running creative? Johnny Gargano is no longer jobbing to Omas at house shows. All of a sudden, Johnny Gargano is on TV and DIY is back in the fold. Imagine that. That's not a Vince McMahon decision, huh? He interviewed them earlier in the day. They are now, by the way, go to their social media. Go to Johnny Gargano's Twitter. They are now doing the glorious skits all over again, man. The glorious skits that were famous in NXT where they go around the back and walk around the locker room playing Bobby Roode's glorious theme song. And they wait for Bobby Roode to hear it. And then he comes into frame, he smiles and says, yeah, yeah. I love it, man. Those things, those skits crack me the fuck up. Love it. That's when you know times are good. That's when you know things are right, man, when you get shit like that. Love it. So Wade Barrett interviewed Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. Ciampa said DIY was always bigger than them. The fans made them. And they made invented takeover as a tag team. First ever tag team main event in TakeOver history. Johnny Gargano thought everything happened for a reason, and this was finally their moment. Man, you young kids nowadays, man, it's sad that most of the youth on social media think that this is NXT, man. Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa will forever be NXT. Their feud is stuff of legends. The matches that they had, oh, oh my goodness, the matches that they had, man. The fucking reason why WWE was producing the best pro wrestling on the planet was because of these two guys. This interview abruptly came to an end. Imperium, Giovanni Vinci, and Ludwig Kaiser attacked Gargano and Champa. Gargano got thrown into the locker, and I believe Vinci booted Champa in the face, knocked him off the chair, and they laid both members of DIY out. So you mean to tell me you mean to tell me that DIY is on Monday Night Raw in a feud with Imperium, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci? Man, I tell you, man, if that doesn't reek of black and gold, I don't know what does, man. Man, that shit puts a fucking smile on my face from ear to ear. Take my fucking money. Take my money. Seriously. The fact that DIY is back on television, man, take my money. Oh, but there's nothing but vanilla midgets, man. I don't give a shit, man. Go watch your fucking uh, garbage. Impact. I don't give a shit. Who do you want on TV? Who who do you want on TV? Who? Champa is great. Gargano is great. Love it. Now let's get some tag team gold involved. Let's not jump the gun, man. Let's let's, uh, Let's take it easy. Step by step. Jackie Redmond... Interviewed Tegan Knox. There was a Tegan Knox video package which kind of gave a brief background as to what she was going through 
During her WWE career, she recalled tearing her ACL days after signing with WWE, only to tear it again in the Mae Young Classic a year later, man. I watched that. Heartbreaking. You could hear a fucking pin drop at the Performance Center when that should happen. She said she's lucky to be there and would never stop fighting. She's lucky for more than one reason, man. She's lucky for just being there, not just because of the knee, but because of Vince McMahon, man. She could have easily... I, again, I, I am genuinely shocked that she survived the latest round of budget cuts. Shocked. She said she's never going to stop fighting. She has to win here. That's her goal. So Jackie Redmond interviewed Tegan Knox. She said Lynch would be fighting the best version of Tegan Knox, and she would show the world who she was. Natalia showed up and encouraged Knox to show Lynch what she was made of. I'll tell you what exactly Natalia is doing here, man. Natalia is up to no good. And I'll get into Natalia in just a second. Ricochet was backstage. He was marching around backstage looking for Nakamura. Adam Pierce stopped him and said, listen, listen, Nakamura got kicked out of the building. We escorted him out of the building, and I'm going to give you what you want. You want Nakamura? You got him. Next week, season premiere, falls count anywhere. That's it. WWE ramping up the violence here, man. We got a last man standing. We got a Viking rules. We got a last man standing match, right? False count anywhere. What's with all the stipulations lately? Apparently, in the background here, I did write it in because I did see it. During this segment, Rhea Ripley was back in the background. And she was sitting next to and talking to Drew McIntyre. Now, I don't know what that means. Triple H... You know, Triple H likes to fill out his television. He likes to have little things backstage. Remember when the QR codes used to show up in these weird spots when Bray, God rest his soul, when Bray was feuding with L.A. Knight and we got all this other shit going on with the Fun House and Uncle Howdy and all this. We saw the QR codes pop up in these weird places, man. We saw Bray Wyatt masks and puppets sitting around in the background. We didn't know what the fuck was going on. There was always something to keep an eye on. And tonight, Triple H thought it would be cool to put Rhea Ripley and Drew McIntyre in the background talking business. What is Drew McIntyre doing talking to Rhea Ripley? Is Drew McIntyre going to join the Judgment Day? Is Judgment Day now making a business decision with Drew McIntyre? Clearly, the bloodline business decision fell through the cracks and got fucked up. None of the bloodline helped the Judgment Day at Fastlane, and none of the Judgment Day helped the bloodline at Fastlane. Is there some sort of partnership going on here? I don't know. Triple H, man, keeping things interesting. It may be something. Honestly, it may be nothing. It may be nothing. We'll figure it out. Becky Lynch, Tegan Knox, NXT Women's Championship. This match was three weeks in the making. Three weeks in the making. Maybe, maybe if Damian Priest is helped out by Drew McIntyre, 
Maybe they're discussing business. Maybe they're discussing priest business. Maybe Ray is talking about, hey, listen, priest wanted to cash in tonight. I want to talk to you about maybe helping priest out. Maybe we can make a bond here, a partnership, a decision, a business decision. Priest wins the world championship. You'd be the, you'd be the first guy to get a championship match against Damian Priest. I don't know, maybe. Maybe. Is Drew McIntyre going to join Judgment Day? I don't think Drew McIntyre is going to join Judgment Day. I don't. Or maybe, maybe they're making a decision for next week's match where Drew McIntyre, Claymore kicks Jey Uso. And maybe Rhea Ripley's talking to Drew McIntyre in hopes of him helping the Judgment Day win back the tag team championships because she knows... He doesn't trust Jay Uso. I don't know, man. I don't know. Interesting shit. Mommy can be very, very manipulative, man. You got to watch out. Becky Lynch and Tegan Knox, NXT Women's Championship. This match was okay. Okay. I'm a fan of Tegan Knox. I'm not a fan of WWE having to rebuild her basically from fucking ground zero. If there was a below ground zero, it would be Tegan Knox. I don't like it. It's going to be a very difficult task for WWE to rebuild Tegan Knox. It is. Match was good. It went almost 15 minutes. They got plenty of time to tell their story. I'm glad that they gave these ladies a couple of minutes because this match has been three weeks in the making. Something happened in the first week. Becky got hurt. The, the match had to be delayed two or three different times. At one point, they replaced Tegan Knox with Natalia. That wasn't a Triple H decision. Becky Lynch, she missed the dive off the apron, collided with the barricade early on. Knox followed with a cannonball off the apron for two. Crowd was very quiet. They didn't really know who to cheer because they're both baby faces, so they kind of sat on their hands for most of this match. After a commercial break, Becky Lynch came back with some strikes. Then she lifted Tegan for an exploder. Goes for a cover, gets a two count. Knox came back with a big flying cross body for two. Knox was surprised she did not win and was shocked after the two count was made and Becky kicked out. Then she tried for a shining wizard, but Becky Lynch ducked and went for an armbar. Tegan Knox blocked it, drove Becky Lynch into the turnbuckle. Knox dropped Lynch off the top and hit another cannonball. She then hits or applies an armbar to the injured arm, but Lynch escapes, and Becky responds with some kicks. She goes to the top rope, hits a missile drop kick. Tegan Knox caught Lynch off the ropes, hits a fallaway slam into a cover. One, two, and Becky kicks out. Knox tried for a crucifix roll-up pin. She gets a two-count. Becky Lynch kicked out, applied the disarm her. And that was it. Tegan Knox taps. Becky Lynch wins and retains the NXT Women's Championship. Becky Lynch bumped fists with Tegan Knox after the match. And the match was fine. The crowd was just very, very quiet for most of it because they are not familiar with Tegan Knox. Now, I said on social media in regards to Becky Lynch and Tegan Knox here. I'm actually warming up a little bit to what Becky Lynch is doing here. NXT Championship on Raw, I mean, I still don't like it. I don't like Becky Lynch holding a developmental women's championship, but I can't really sit here and deny 
that Becky Lynch is very good at what she does. The match with Tiffany Stratton is one of the best women's matches of the year. Loved it. I think that did more for Tiffany than it did for Becky. And now she's trying to help Tegan and potentially Zia Lee and whoever else wants a shot at the NXT Women's Championship. Did this help Tegan Knox? I'm going to say yes. Is it something that is going to help Tegan Knox move forward? Yes. It may not look it. It may not sound like it. But WWE is going to have a very difficult time rebuilding Tegan Knox off this one match alone. This was a good start to getting that ball rolling. If they want Tegan Knox on television and they want her in the eye of the casual fan and they want a reaction for her, we're going to need to start seeing her regularly on Monday Night Raw. Now that she wrestled Becky Lynch and people know what she's capable of and people know that she's a good wrestler, this is going to give everybody now the opportunity to find out who she is, do some work on their own, and become a little bit more familiarized with Tegan Knox. But all because WWE decided to keep her off TV for two years, that harmed her growth in a very significant way. And it's not going to happen overnight. It's not. Looking at this head on, I don't know how you look at this match and see that it did anything for Tegan Knox. Nobody gave a shit. The crowd was dead silent. There was not one fucking ovation in this match. Maybe when Becky won, and that's it. Very, very, very lukewarm and weak reaction. But is it a start? Yes. A start to what? I don't know. Now, the Natalia thing, you could see what Triple H is doing here. You could see what Triple H is doing. He put Tegan Knox in a match with Becky Lynch. All right, I like this woman. We've called her up. She's wasted away. She's way too good to be sitting in catering. Let's get her in there with Becky. Let's see what she's capable of. Let's show the fans what she can do. She went 15 minutes with Becky. And now Triple H is clearly building towards Natalia and Tegan Knox. Natalia is not trying to befriend Tegan Knox. Natalia is trying to get under the skin and manipulate the younger wrestler in Tegan Knox because she thinks she should be getting opportunities and Tegan Knox is getting them instead of her. So she's going to try and do her best to try and sway Tegan Knox and pick apart Tegan Knox when the time is right. So Triple H went from Tegan Becky, and now he's going Tegan Natalia. He's putting her in the ring with veterans that are going to get her to where she needs to be in the ring. So they got a plan. Is it going to work? I don't know. It's going to be up to the fans to decide. Hopefully it does because she's too good. Adam Pierce. He informed Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell that Gargano was banged up but not seriously injured from the attack by Imperium. He was still waiting on word from Tommaso Ciampa. Rhea Ripley showed up, told LeRae and Indy Hartwell, get out. I got business with Pierce to discuss. They didn't want to listen to her. Candice LeRae shot her a look. That's another woman you got to get over. Candace versus Rhea would be a great match if the circumstances were right. So Ripley demanded a match with Shayna Baszler next week because she needs to bring order to the division, her division, and she wants to take care of Shayna first. So there you go. Match made next week. Natalia approached Tegan Knox and told her that she did amazing against Becky Lynch. Knox was pissed that she lost 
Katana Chance and Caden Carter approached to offer some positive words. Carter wanted them to go out for a drink. You did great. Let's celebrate. What you did in there with Becky should be celebrated. Chelsea Green and Piper Niven showed up, and Green mocked them for having a pity party for Tegan Knox. Green told Natalia not to get involved in her business. Natalia got in her face, so Niven stepped in for her. Niven challenged Natalia to a match next week on the season premiere of Monday Night Raw, and she accepted willingly. Gotta like the fact that Triple H is letting you know a week in advance what is happening on Monday night. We got a whole show next week already lined up. Priest and Bala versus Rhodes and Uso for the tag team titles. Gunther versus Bronson Reed for the Intercontinental title. Rhea Ripley versus Shayna Baszler, non-title. Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura, false count anywhere. And Natalia versus Piper Niven. Vince McMahon never laid out an entire Raw a week in advance. Goes to show you where Triple H and his team are compared to Vince McMahon and his team. Moving on here, man. Main event. Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso defending the tag team championships against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn came out to his regular theme music this time. Fans were singing along like they should. Tag team titles, we got the introductions. It felt big. A lot of people were like, well, two babyface teams. What are we doing here? Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn already let Jey Uso and Cody Rhodes know that if you beat Judgment Day, it doesn't matter who wins. We're coming after our tag team titles and we want the first shot. They've already laid down the challenge. They don't care who the champions are. Yeah, they may love Cody. Yeah, Sami may love Jey. But it's all business. They want the tag team titles. So Rhodes and Zayn started the match. Chops back and forth. Zayn shoved Rhodes. Rhodes shoved him back. Jay and Owens get in there. They all argued. We go to commercial break. Very quickly, right to commercial break. After the break, Jay tagged himself in. He went at it with Sami Zayn. Jay got the better of the exchange. Owens then tags in. Owens and Jay go at each other. The action spills to the outside. Rhodes tried to get involved, so Sammy went after him. They all brawled, and things were getting out of control here. Owens tackled Jay over the announced desk. Rhodes and Zayn went at it. I thought there was going to be a DQ or a countout. We go to another commercial break. So we get two commercial breaks. In the first, I would say, seven, eight minutes. Back from break. Owens hit Jay with a senton bomb for two. Owens and Jay exchanged super kicks. Jay hit consecutive super kicks. Owens dropped him with a clothesline. Rhodes and Zayn tagged in. And Rhodes, he was obviously doing the hot tag, baby face hot tag. Rhodes hit a power slam. Cody Cutter goes for a cover, gets a two count. They counted each other's signature moves. Zayn hit Cody with a blue thunder bomb. He goes for recovery, gets a two. Zayn hit an exploder into the corner, which it looked like I thought he was going to drop Cody on top of his head. He went for the halluva kick. Rhodes popped out of the corner and hit him with a beautiful looking crossroads. Owens breaks up that cover of the crossroads. Rhodes set up for a pedigree. Zayn hit a back body drop. They both tagged out. 
Owens and Jay are in. They exchange strikes, and they were going at it very physically. Jay hit a super kick for two. Owens avoided a new cell splash. Kicks Jay in the gut. Stunner goes for the cover. Tries to win the titles. And Cody breaks up the cover. Zayn wiped out both guys on the outside. He took out Cody and Jay with a big flip dive. Owens tried for another senton bomb, but Jay got his knees up. Jay hit both Owens and Zayn with super kicks. Cody joins in with a double super kick with Jay Uso. They laid Zayn out with a crossroads. Jay and Rhodes gave Owens their combo 1D Cody cutter, and Jay pinned Owens for the 1 2 3. Cody and Jay Uso retain the tag team championships. Very good main event. Surprised we got it so soon. Very good main event. After the match, Zayn shook hands with Rhodes and Zayn. Owens shook hands with Rhodes. Hesitated before embracing Jay, and he held Jay's hand up in victory. Jay Uso has now gained the trust of Kevin Owens, and that was the story of the match. Not only was it that they wanted the tag team titles, but Owens needed something. He needed to know can he trust Jay Uso? And at the end of the match, he did. He let his guard down. He raised his hand, and he trusts Jey Uso. Hard-fought match. They got the better of both he and Zayn. And now, the other aspect of this is that what you watch tonight as all four babyfaces embraced after a hard-fought tag team title match, you're looking at the babyface team going into war games against Judgment Day. Simple. I love it. Great stuff. It was a lot to like about Monday Night Raw, man. They did a great job tonight. Stories are being built. Crown Jewel has a main event already, or at least a world championship match on Monday Night Raw. We know Roman's going to be there. Roman's going to be in the main event. Crown Jewel is taking shape. Monday Night Raw next week is taking shape. We got the Judgment Day and their storyline. What's going to happen with McDonough? Damian Priest now is itching to cash in. Rhea's talking to Drew. Drew's a prick. What is his relation with Judgment Day now? He wants Rollins at 100%, but then walks away and turns his back on Rollins as he's being attacked. Then we got the DIY situation with Imperium. Rhea Ripley wants to get everybody in order in, in her division and take out everybody. There's a lot to like here, man. Gunther and Bronson Reed. Monday Night Raw has been a very good show. Very good show. And this is coming from somebody that has been very hard on Monday Night Raw for a lot of my podcasting career. Because it ultimately sucks. But with the story that Triple H has taken over, you can clearly see that he's taken over. You can clearly see that he's been left alone. I don't know. That's a great thing. Is it something to start throwing a parade over? No. Because I don't trust the old man. The old man can come back tomorrow and fucking wipe everything away. But for now, as long as we're getting good television, that's all I care about. And right now we're getting good television. Monday Night Raw has been very good television. It's better than SmackDown. I'm not enjoying SmackDown. SmackDown is for the birds. It's very, very simple. It's like a third grader writes SmackDown, but 
Triple H has a little bit more of a canvas to do what he wants, man. He's got a little bit more of a canvas to go and kind of get his hands dirty and make it feel like old black and gold. And that's exactly what you're seeing, honestly. Thank you guys for joining me on this Monday night, man. We are going to get into the super chats in just a second. Hit that thumbs up. We got 801 likes in the chat. I'd love if we can get another 200 or so to make that an even 1,000, man. 1,000 is my favorite number. Can we go and do that for me? Memberships are open. Get them on in. Always accepting new memberships to the VIP club, man. You're going to sit right back there with me. You see where it says VIP there? That's where you're going to be sitting. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We are less than 700 away from 150,000 subscribers. Go check out my second channel, man. Tons of extra content on there, man. It's not wrestling stuff. More gaming. Pokemon cards. It's cool shit over there, man. I always inject a little dose of wrestling into everything I do because it's who I am. But if you guys want some second channel fun, go check it out, man. Link is in the description. Click it. Subscribe. And tonight's show is sponsored by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com Code JD At checkout All you guys Gotta do Is pay the $5 Shipping and handling You guys know how I talk about long term booking man BlueChew is your way To long term Booking Confidence Do you see how confident I am when I come on this stream and I talk about pro wrestling and I give my opinion? Now, I'm not taking Blue Chew. I don't need Blue Chew to talk pro wrestling. But that confidence, guys, that takes you far in anything you do. You can also hop in the bedroom, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate, man, like the Braves did and Austin Riley did tonight. Did you see that? Just like that, man. That's where Blue Chew comes into play. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. Be ready. Whenever that opportunity arises, plan ahead. You're good to go. Sign up at BlueChew.com. Consult with one of their online medical providers, and once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. No questions asked. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy. It's all done online, prepared and shipped directly to you in a discreet package, and the tablets are made right here in the USA. It is your pen and paper. It's a long-term booking, man. Seriously. So why not give Blue Chew a try, man? Why not? Try and get that extra confidence when you need it. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Michelle with a $2 super chat. Sorry, but Drew needs to beat Rollins at Crown Jewel. Just like everybody said, Nakamura needs to beat Rollins at Fastlane. No. No. 
Jerome Johns Jr. With a $5 super chat. I just saw that Triple H has been knighted by Endeavor as 99.9% head of creative. This is what has been needed for years. Has he been knighted? I don't know, man. I don't give a shit what they do with him as long as he's booking the show. Michelle with a $5 super chat at War Games. How would you feel if KO turned heel on his team? I just sent a heel turn coming for him, and this crowd was horrible tonight. Dead. I mean, it could happen. You know, where Sammy and KO were that hot baby face team, it may be losing steam. It may be losing steam. But you know what? We got DIY to pick up those pieces. So if they want to break up Sammy Zane and Kevin Owens, we got DIY to be that baby face team that we desperately need. Said Suka with a 499 super chat. Great Raw. Man, if Endeavor truly backs Triple H, he will be in for a great run. Ever since SummerSlam, Triple H has had the pen and Raw has been great since. Yeah. You just see it. You feel it. It's a different show. Watch the show. Beyond the script with a 499. Hey, JD, for your kindness, I asked Jade, was it really necessary to block you for speaking facts? She has it at the top. Good. You didn't deserve it. She has what at the top? What does she have at the top? I can't see anything, Jade, on Twitter. She blocked me. You're fighting a losing battle there beyond the script. It's not going to ha- She's not going to answer you. She doesn't care. A woman like that is very conceited. As soon as she gets any taste of spotlight and stardom, everybody else is going to be a fucking ant to her. She doesn't care. Skinner with a new membership. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you, man. Moretz with 16 months. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for being a member 16 months. Visionary with seven months. Raw was great tonight. And now we watch the best podcast in the IWC to follow it up for a banger of a Monday night. JD is the GOAT. Thank you, brother. Thank you for the kind words, man. The Bastard, 97 with six months. Six months to the best podcast ever. OTS for life. Thank you, Bastard. Sheed Black with a 199. I like the Braves hat. Thank you. I got to replace my usual one because it's uh, getting dingy, man. We got to get a new one. $2 Super Chat from The Cake. Tomorrow is going to be so funny. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be watching Dynamite. I don't care. Bradley Robinette with a 199. Braves won tonight. Raw was pretty good tonight. Thank you, Bradley. Take Tay with a 499. Good riddance, Vince. Hope you get thrown in the slammer for all your bullshit. Cheers to that, brother. MGM Ballin with a 499. Well, deserved break this weekend. Hope everything is okay, brother. Yeah? Just doing some uh, family business, man. Some family business. Got to take care of the family. I ain't going nowhere. I'll be back. Don't worry. 
Lucky Geo with a 4.99. As seen online, reports say that Hunter will run 99.9% .9 of creative going forward. Do you think this will finally translate to SmackDown now? I don't know. I don't really know, man. SmackDown feels like a completely different show compared to Monday night. If it does, I hope we see it. Because it certainly feels like a Vince show. Dom Wapo with a 499. Feels like we are slowly getting Papa H back, and I love it. I really enjoyed Raw tonight. Great matches, and Rhea talking to Drew in the back. Details. Yes. Captain Solo with 27 months. I know you're the person to ask. So, silly question. Does DI, what does DIY stand for? Looking forward to seeing these guys thrive on the main roster. Do it yourself, Solo. They do it themselves. Get your mind out of the gutter. Hype Shooter with a 199. Hey, JD, TK just destroyed Vince on Twitter. Did he? What did TK say on Twitter? Let me look it up. Petty TK is a great TK, man. I love Petty TK. What is it? What is he saying? What did he say? Get behind AEW. Nobody does big events better than us. We're on our best run ever. And we love if you've joined us tomorrow for Tuesday night, Title Tuesday. Wrestling tomorrow, Title Tuesday. He's tweeting every hour on the hour, man. Normally a franchise you'd see on Wednesday, AW Dynamite, time shifted to tomorrow. Title Tuesday on TBS at our very best with one of the best AEW lineups ever. He announced Eddie Kingston versus Minoru Suzuki for a buy-in. Title Tuesday buy-in. If Sir Vince McMahon said this, this guy tweeted at Tony Khan. Listen to this. If Sir Vince McMahon said this, there would be many failed AEW fans crying nonstop and furious. <laughs> Tony Khan then replies, if Sir Vince McMahon said this, it would be the least of his alleged misdeeds. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. You gotta love it, man. You gotta love Petty TK, brother. You gotta love it, man. I'm gonna quote tweet that, man. I'm gonna quote. Let me, let me, uh, let me quote it. Petty TK. Petty TK is the best TK. Oh man. Captain Solo with a five dollar super chat. Will you be doing a playthrough of Spider-Man Two on PS Five? I really enjoyed your playthrough of Spider-Man One. I'm I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Will Chisholm? WWE thinks they are slick having Shinsuke Nakamura do a GTS tonight. I did see it. I didn't think much of it. Whatever. He GTS Ricochet in the. Uh, Aisle way before the triple threat match. DJ Iffy with a five. 
Here they go, JD. Glad Cody and Jay retained. Let's fucking go. Wish me luck on my ultra premium collection. Brother, you are gonna have better luck than me. That's all I know. I'm gonna I'm actually I'm actually going to I'm spending most of my day to find another one tomorrow. Hollywood guy with a $5 super chat. I read somewhere that Natalia wants to form a faction with NXT women. Do you see this coming true? I mean, that may be with Tegan Knox. That may be what's uh, happening with Tegan, man. I may be completely wrong. Jupiter X podcast with a $2 super chat. Bring back Broken Dreams. I love that song. If he goes heel, yeah, for sure. Will Chisholm with a five. I know Vince is like the killer who keeps coming back, but it feels like the higher-ups in TK played Vince. I don't know. I hope so. The professional guy with a $2 super chat. Have you ever seen Two and a Half Men or That 70s Show? Yes, and I'm not a fan of either one. Deontay Smith. With a 199. Tony Khan just fired major shots at Vince on Twitter. Good. Fuck Vince. Captain Solo with a $5 super chat. Let's assume Punk returns by the Rumble. Who wins it? Punk, Rock, Cody, Jay, or LA Knight? Nobody. Gunther. Gunther is my Royal Rumble prediction. And Steven Brewer with a $4.99 super chat. He says, JD, think we could five-on-five war games with Bloodline, Drew, and McDonough for Sammy, KO, Cody, Jay, and Seth with upcoming Drew heel turn. Uh, It's a possibility. That may be uh, a way to get Seth involved with what's going on here with Drew McIntyre and uh, Rhea Ripley. So that would be Jimmy, Solo, Drew, McDonough, and Roman. How was that uh, How was that judgment day then? That doesn't make any sense. Bloodline. Why would we need... I don't know, man. That's, that's a little convoluted there, man. I, Jimmy... Solo, McDonough, Priest, and Dom. Or Balor. I don't know. It's it's coming. I just don't know which combination of the guys it is. Jupiter X with a two. Can't wait for Chris Dangerous, Adam Cole. And Tribal Chief 279. How can you see Gunther win? I see... I can see via sleeper. Uh, I could see him powerbombing Bronson Reed. And Sidro with 13 months. Something tells me it will be Punk versus Seth that SummerSlam with Punk winning or Survivor Series. Survivor Series. Good Raw. Uh, I could see it. I could absolutely see it, Sidro. Punk at Survivor Series? I think it's going to happen. Anyway, guys, I'm getting out of here, man. I got some extra content to record for you guys for tomorrow because I'll be hunting Pokemon cards tomorrow. So, yeah, that's that. That's my fucking day tomorrow, man. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Go check out all the other content on the channel. There'll be more content tomorrow. 
We got a super chat from 21. Hey, JD, if Punk returns to Survivor Series, do you think the pop will be bigger than the one on Rampage back in 2021? No. I do not. Thank you for the super chat, brother. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. And tomorrow night, Jesse and I will be live with Title Tuesday, AEW Dynamite, right here on OTS. Continue to hit that thumbs up, guys. Appreciate you joining me tonight. And I'm going to leave you with the beautiful sounds of Andy James right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.